Hello, everybody. Bob Eufer here in the chilly snake pit of Columbus, Ohio. Elliott has the first down and more. And Elliott's going to have a touchdown. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Stroud in trouble. And Stroud is sacked again. Oh, go. There's nothing quite like the game. Michigan versus Ohio State. The game of the day. The game of the year. The game of the decade. Call it what you will. This is the rivalry. Sponsored by Elevated Integrity Construction. Welcome to the Rivalry Podcast, the saddest episode of this podcast in four years of recording this. I'm Jace. JP uh, is on the screen. We'll get to that here in just a second. Big thanks to our friends at Elevated Integrity Construction for sponsoring season four of this podcast. Home build, church build, design and construction. When you have a project, go with integrity. It's elevatedintegrity.com. JP, why are you there? And why are you not um, here? When we got back on Sunday from the games from Atlanta, uh, that morning I woke up, my throat felt a little bit odd, but we had just came from Ohio State and I had been screaming my head off. It was a crazy game. So I thought it's from the game. It's from yelling. Anytime I go to a sporting event and I'm screaming my head off, it happens. Thought nothing of it. Sunday night comes around, just dead. Sore throat headache, stuffy nose, the whole nine. I don't know if you can still hear it in my voice today is a little bit better, but uh, it's not COVID. I've taken like five tests, but is it possible that it's just the McDonald's that we stopped at in Kentucky? You know, there's a great chance. It's that. And after watching Noah Ruggles miss a kick, is going to add on to it as well. That's fair. So, uh, well, I'm glad that you're still doing this podcast. Neither of us, by the way, neither of us want to be here talking about these games. This This was the, this had the potential to be one of the greatest sports weekends. This rivalry has ever seen. Yes. Instead, we drove in silence for eight hours from Atlanta to Columbus. Because the, it, the, I just don't even know where to start with either of these teams. If you would have told me before we left for Atlanta that at the end of the weekend, Ohio State and Michigan both would have lost their games, that is the last possible scenario that I thought was going to happen. I was convinced at least one of them was going to go. Oh, yeah. Um, at least one. I mean, the odds were so good that at least one of them would make it. And we were, we were pumped the whole drive up talking about I can't wait to be at the national championship game. We were credentialed to go. Um, and it was just a crap fest. We got destroyed. Well, and then the, uh, the fun, the fun excitement for us was, uh, as we're licking our wounds on the way back somewhere in the middle of Tennessee, uh, I checked my email and it said, Hey, based on the result, didn't even give you 12 hours to like mourn. It was like, Hey, based on the results yep. of the semifinals, how about you don't go to Southern California? How about yep. you stay and in snowy and cold Columbus? After we booked everything and we were talking about, well, it'll be nice to at least enjoy the game and not really care who wins. And here we are. Have you seen, by the way, have you seen how much prices have plummeted on tickets for that game? No, because it makes me sad. Well, I've got to tell you anyway, 
uh, because that's what this podcast is for. So before the matchups were announced, it was like 1200 bucks to get in the door at SoFi. I believe it. The matchup is now set. I found tickets for 400 bucks because it's TCU in Georgia. Don't give me that look. You're you. We ain't going anywhere. You don't. Nope. I don't know. Nope. I refuse to go watch Stetson Bennett the fourth win another national championship. He's not going to win it. So. Are we a are we a TCU Stan podcast now? Oh, absolutely. I I refuse. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, TCU Michigan because I've never done drugs, but I assume that that football game is what it would feel like. So. Just, What's weird about oh that game, goodness. and you'll have more context than me because we watched the first half of that game. We watched at a restaurant in Atlanta before we went over to the OSU game, and so I have I have thoughts on that. <coughs> um, but then going into the second half, for whatever reason, Mercedes Benz Stadium just decided. We're not really going to show you the game. They have this <laughs> what if huge we gave you like, another Chick-fil-A advertisement instead. Yeah, they're like, I get it. You're at the game. They're showing the band up on the screen. But it's like there is a close football game that directly impacts not only one specific fan base here, but who these teams could potentially play. And they would show clips of it. And then they would cut away to show people in the crowd. And I'm like, I don't need to see Jimmy and his family eating nachos. <laughs> show me the Michigan TCU game. So I missed almost the entire second half of that game. And there are people in the stands with me holding out their phones, having like the live stream pulled up and we're all kind of huddled around trying to watch it. So I got Man. bits and pieces of it. I had to go back and watch the highlights of the second half. What killed but me was the just a disaster. Both the Georgia and Ohio State fan bases. Anytime they would be showing the game and TCU would do something cool, just the roar from the crowd was just a gut punch all over again for me. As if was it wasn't nice already little, bad enough. Was that a nice little extra sting? It was, was that uh, a nice little extra sting. Why is it spicy? Yeah, I just. <laughs> here's here's what it was like i mean you know so i'm you know i'm trying to go into the peach bowl and i'm checking my phone trying to pull up game cast because hulu was like yeah we don't know what's going on you're not gonna watch this game live no you won't uh so i'm pulling up game cast trying to keep track of it and then every time i'd walk past a television in the press boxes i'm like setting stuff up it was a completely different score it was mm-hmm. like a, it was like a 10 point game. And I come back. It's a three point game. Then it's a 20 point game. Now it's a three point game again. I just, I, I don't, I'm kind of glad that I watched it in those sporadic little blips that I watched it in. Cause I don't think that I would be here today. I don't think that I could handle whatever it was that was going on. Um, the, one of the weirder Michigan games that I've probably ever seen because yeah. I, I, I can't even say, I can't say that they played well, but I also don't know if they played poorly. I, I mean, they, they, they played well, they but made, they made very costly mistakes. They made far too many mistakes. Two pick sixes from JJ McCarthy, which Michigan has done a great job not turning the ball over this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's extremely costly. Obviously the Kalel Mullings fumble. I can barely even think about that without breaking out in hives. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan had three trips inside the three yard line and came away with three points total, three total points 
inside the five that you can. And I, and I, you can blame the officiating all you want. And, and I think with good reason, I, I don't yeah, understand yeah. how you can overturn the Roman Wilson touchdown and claim that you have indisputable evidence. We're talking about it a week later, my guy, that's not indisputable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know what targeting is anymore. I don't know how you don't call targeting on Colson Loveland. Um, I think that's a situation where, well, we can't call that at this point in the game. Well, if you don't call it, you've just made a game changing decision anyway. Yeah. But besides that, so it's okay. I think if you're a Michigan fan to, you can blame the officiating only so as long as you still blame yourselves for shooting yourself in the foot about a dozen times in that game and still having the ball at the end of the game with a chance to win, to win the whole thing. Just, just bizarre yeah. set of circumstances. These, Go ahead. These games, these games, both Ohio state and Georgia and Michigan TCU. I don't believe the better team won in either of those games. I don't either. And, and I mean, that doesn't really matter because the better, both teams didn't win. And you got to handle business. But I think in the Michigan game, there were calls that were made that like the Roman Wilson touchdown, which to me was a touchdown. I mean, I, I get the role where in college, when you're down, you're down, even if you're not touched. I, I just don't like that. But he, I wish that they would change even, that. Even beyond that, though, if they rule on the field, he didn't have possession yet. You're te- not you, but the officiating crew is saying with 100% certainty, we know he had possession before he crossed the line. Are you kidding me? Ab- th- that's just, yeah, that- which this is a didn't, very, you didn't know at the time. This is not even a judgment call at this point. This is a very simple flow chart for the officials. Is it in, if you've made a call in the field, is it indisputable? Yes or no. If the answer is yes, you overturn it. If the answer is no, you don't. It's a very simple process. And mm-hmm. what the officiating crew decided to do was insert themselves into the game in a way that directly affected the outcome. Now, Michigan is still responsible for throwing two pick sixes for fumbling the ball well, on the next play. But that doesn't happen if you make the right call. Yeah, I 100% agree. But at the end of the day, it's like you said, Michigan still had too many turnovers. The pick six wasn't a bad call. That was a great, yep. great defense by TCU. Um you were inches from the goal line. You've got to yep. put that in 10 out of 10 times. It's unacceptable to fumble. And the way that he fumbled is you can't blame anybody but yourselves at the yep. end of the day. I still believe, and we talked about it on the way up in 10 games, Michigan beats TCU nine of those times. This just happened to be the one out of the 10 and, 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 and credit to TCU as well for, you know, I, not many people believed in them. I thought that they could be an issue, but I still did not expect them to, to actually beat Michigan and they got the job done. And now, and we'll get to this here in a second. Now they are not only, well, Hey, we're the underdog here. Now it's okay. We're not just happy to be here. Like we came to win this whole thing and they're going to have a, they're going to have a shot. One other thing that needs mentioned about the Michigan game is kind of post game um, is what uh, John Bacon <laughs> calls Harbaugh watch 2.0. And it's the, the rumors about Jim Harbaugh. There's rumors that uh, he talked to the Carolina Panthers. There's rumors that the Broncos are prepared to offer him $20 million. And I'll get your thoughts in a second, but here's, here's what I'll say to that in December, right before the big 10 championship game, Jim said something to the effect of, you know, I can't vow because nobody knows the future. 
but I expect to enthusiastically be back coaching Michigan in 2023. That was a month ago. Yesterday, he said, no man knows the future, but I expect to be back coaching at Michigan next year. I don't know how many more times this man has to say, hey, I can't ever guarantee anything, but I am planning to be back at Michigan. I don't know how many times you're going to make him say that because these quote sources continue to take this and go, well, he said he's going to be at Michigan. Then he said he's going to be at Michigan. That probably means he's going to the Broncos. Are you kidding me? Do we have to do this at the end of every stinking season? It's just, it's it's absurd. I think you have your fan blinders on and I'm not oh, saying do I have I my think fan Harbaugh's blinders leaving. on Joshua. You absolutely do. You absolutely do. I'm not saying, <coughs> I'm not saying that it's he's God gone. smiting you right there with a cough. Because, because in my mind, in my mind, you're back to back big 10 championship winners. You've got a, a stud quarterback coming back for his third year. You have all the pieces that you want to be competitive. Again, you you're finding because just a few years ago, Michigan fans wanted hardball gone. I mean, you're, you're going in there and you're finally getting the program where people expected you to have it on a consistent basis. I don't know if it's intriguing enough to go to the Broncos with Russell Wilson or to stay where you're at. I don't know if it's enticing enough to leave, but I read his quote as, well, I'm not against leaving, but next year I'm planning on going there. Like, to me, it's him saying, I'm not going to flat out say I'm not going to the NFL. So I, See, I don't I, know. I, I'm I, not buying the hype that it's like, a, I saw some people saying on Twitter, like, it's a done deal if he gets an offer. I don't believe that. But I do think that it, it is something that he'll listen to every single year. See, but I don't think his heart is set at, I'm going to be in Michigan until the day I'm done coaching. See, I, I disagree with you because I think even last year after the, it was assumed he was going to about 15 different teams. He, he flew to Minnesota and I assumed he was taking the Vikings job. And then after coming back, re-signing with Michigan, uh, he tore, he told the AD, he said, this is not going to become an every year thing. He said, I, I want to scratch the itch. I'd gotten close to a Super Bowl, hadn't gotten there, want to explore it. It's not going to become an every year thing. So again, there's a difference, I think, between, hey, the Panthers called, they want to talk, and I'm going to listen to them versus I'm interviewing for the job. And they were pretty explicit. This was not an interview. Teams are going to continue to come calling because he's a really darn good football coach. That is not the equivalent of he's chasing offers. He's going to accept it's a done deal. I just his word has been trustworthy so far. Why would you, for the same thing that you just said, why would you leave with a team that is going to be absolutely stacked to, to make another run at the national title next year? That makes no sense to me. So well, I, see, don't, I think I we're don't saying the same thing. All. I think we are I think too. I saying, think you're just a little bit more prone to, I think he's still leaning NFL at some point. And I, I'm saying uh, I don't buy that. I just, yeah, I think you're saying that there's no way he goes. I think if the right offer comes along, he could. Speaking of coaches that, um, you know, might be leaning one way or the other, well, whose time well, might wait, be I done. Have, I have something, I have something else. Dang, I that was going to be such about. a good transition and you just robbed me of it. Look, just like TCU, I'm going to rob you of your glory. Um, I, I want your thoughts on something because I feel like if the role was reversed, you would be ripping in to CJ Stroud. And so I want to bring up JJ McCarthy. Don't do this. And, and you know Don't what I'm going to bring up. You know Go what I'm going to bring up? 
<coughs> press conference time after the game. Gets up there, says one thing, and then immediately just stands up and leaves. Soft as butter. See, you can't use you can't use the Ohio State softness and then try and throw it back. That doesn't work that way. Look, here's all I'm saying is if CJ Stroud went up and did that, this podcast, you would be absolutely shredding him. Listen, here's here's what I'll say on that. The kid the kid showed up. He was he was polite, he was kind, he took he took a question, and then he went ahead and and showed himself to the door. I have no issue with that. Here's here's where I would have an issue is the Caleb Williams thing at, after Tulane, where he was scheduled to come make a press conference and someone just comes up and removes his name card. Heisman winner doesn't even show up. That I would have an issue with. I would have an issue if he came out and made a bunch of excuses. He didn't. He took he took a question answered it, said, we'll be back, and then allowed the other guys to go ahead and make answers. I, I have no issue with that personally. I can understand from a rivalry perspective why you would. I, I don't have any issue with that. Well, And I'm the same way. I would be that way if CJ went up there and said it. I, I just know how you are when it comes to CJ. Well, and I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt when it comes to team leadership to a guy like JJ because he hasn't said a bunch of stupid stuff the way CJ has. He just, he just, he hasn't. I don't, I don't know. I think the past couple press conferences, he's kind of borderline played with the edge of that. Of, I, I, I agree. I want to, I want to play Ohio state. Yes, please. Let's do it. But you I can't say stuff like that and then not get past TCU. See, but I, th- I think even in that it's kind of the, what do you want him to say? Sort of thing where CJ just digs his own grave over and over again. JJ, I think he's being asked, you know, like, Hey, what do you, you know, the TCU thing, he got a lot of flack for, what do you expect? And he said, well, if they stay in three, three, five, I expect a lot of smashing that, that, that's, that's our game plan. That's what we do. Yeah. How, how else do you want him to answer that question? I think that's a big difference from, well, we all had the flu for three years and that's why we lost back to back. Like, okay. My Heisman moment was called back on a holding penalty. All right, man. Um, Let's let's talk about Ohio State, Georgia. And this is the transition I'm going to get to. Like we we know the outcome of the game. Yeah, we can we can dive into it if you want to. But here's what I'm really curious about more than anything. As of right now. Do you as an Ohio State fan personally, do you want Ryan Day back for 2023? Because my my question in that is. What's his legacy at this point? Losing playoff record, losing record to Michigan. I mean, how, how is the fan base feeling right now? Yeah, I think, I think I definitely want him back. I will say um, the game against Georgia, there were some questionable things that I would have liked to have seen from him. Um, And we talked about it after the game and on the drive back to Columbus, but the fourth down call where he faked the punt, um, Mitch Rossi gets the first down. Kirby Smart calls the timeout at the perfect time. And then he goes out and decides to punt. I wholeheartedly disagreed with it at the time. In my mind, I thought there's eight minutes left in the fourth. You're up 11. <coughs> they haven't stopped your offense. You're one yard away. CJ had been having the game of his season. 
why are you taking the ball out of his hands? You're at the 40, 45 yard line or something. I mean, they were up decent enough to, to midfield that I thought if you convert that fourth down, you kill another two, three minutes off the clock, potentially score again. Game is over. Well, and if you're prepared to go for it on a fake punt, that tells me that mentally you're prepared to go for it and mm-hmm. send the quarterback up the middle or, or, you know, you should be able to go get a Something. yard. If you're I mentally mean, prepared I mean, to, to risk me, field position on a fake punt, you're prepared to go get a yard. To me, I, you look at the worst case scenario, which happened. You go in. What's the worst case? You don't get it. Okay. Well, you're close to midfield. Georgia has to go down and score. You're still up three to four points, depending if they went for two. <clears throat> um, so you're up, you're still up a score. So what are you really losing other than a little bit of yardage? I mean, your thought was pin them back, but you hadn't stopped their offense essentially all game either. Yeah. The big play was there so, all game. So it was, okay, do I trust my defense who hasn't been able to stop them to stop them? Or do I trust my offense that they haven't been able to stop? And it disappointed me that he chose the latter to go with the first option and to punt it away. And then I think it was literally the next play. Lathan Ransom got just absolutely torched yeah. for a touchdown in one play. And then you saw what happened the rest of the game to me. If you go out there and you assert your dominance a little bit and you say, you know what? We're still going to go for it. Try and stop us. You pick that up. Game is over. Yeah. The game's over. Then you go later on in the game after CJ did that crazy run at the very end to put us in the field goal range, being down one, you open up with one run to the left side for like a loss of one. Then the next two plays that you do are pass plays. When Georgia still has a timeout and you have a timeout, with 54 seconds left to go and you're choosing to pass the ball two times. One of which was nearly picked off. And one of which he almost took a sack and put him out of field goal range. So to me, what are you doing in that circumstance? Why are you not? I, it was like he played conservative at the wrong time. He played conservative on fourth down. And then when he needed to be aggressive and not pass the ball, but get my in the ball, run it up the middle, center it up. For all you know, you get three or four yards, a carry. You might not get the first down, but instead of Noah Ruggles having to kick a 50-yarder, he's kicking a 42, 43-yarder, and it's a little bit more manageable. To me, the, the play calling at the very, very end of the game after how successful their offense had flowed throughout that entire game, missing Kate Stover, missing Henderson for the whole game, missing Marvin Harrison towards like the back half of the second half um, to still be able to move the ball that you, that the way that they did. And then to do those kind of play calls to me, I don't even blame Noah Ruggles because kicking a 50 yarder is tough. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Well, and what I can't figure out is, is like you said, I don't know if he, if he has a, I mean, most kickers, you know, have a hash preference or whatever, but I am, I am surprised that he did not, try to center the ball when you have more play calls and timeout, uh-huh. why you would not try and center the ball. See if you can gain yards. I just, th- th- there have been, there have been random things that again, you can say, Hey, this just kind of happened to go wrong, 
but when things continue to go, so, you know, the Ohio state had Michigan dead to right on a fake punt. Maybe, maybe Ryan should stop calling the fake punt. Cause it does not seem to be working. Like it's right there, but, but either the player botches it or Kirby smart calls timeout of the year to get themselves uh-huh. like, because he, and I listened to Kirby after he said, yeah, he said, we knew he said, we've been burned on some fake punts this year. We, I, he said, I recognize right away. It's a fake formation. He said, I scrambled to go call a timeout. Um, number one, that means Ohio state's telegraphing that way too much. And number two, uh-huh. again, like I just, I'm with you. I just don't understand some of the Ohio state has had chances for, for kill shots and they still, they just can't, they were up 21 to seven in this game. Like, let's not yeah. forget that. They were up 21-7 and they were cooking. They were up 40, 42 to 24. And uh just decided to to let Georgia back in that game. So here's here's, and I'm gonna ask you for yours here in a second. I've got a pretty spicy 2023 way too early prediction regarding Ohio State and regarding Michigan. Okay. Um one, I don't think will there there in both of these, by the way, I I genuinely believe this isn't just, hey, how can I rile somebody up? My spicy Michigan take is I actually think Michigan wins the whole thing next year. Of course you do. I think I, I don't see anybody in the country. Look, even the teams that are in it right now, Ohio state's losing their quarterback. TCU's losing their quarterback. Georgia's losing their quarterback. Alabama's losing their quarterback. Michigan's returning their quarterback. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, my spicy Ohio state take is I actually think Ohio state loses two regular season games may miss the new year six. And I think Ryan day is fired at the end of the year. No chance. I think that I think Ohio state loses to Notre Dame and South bend. I think they lose to Michigan. I think they lose to Michigan big. And I don't think that the fan base for Ohio state and the powers that be have the stomach to handle a third straight loss to Michigan. I think even if they beat Notre Dame, I don't think they have the stomach for a third straight loss to Michigan. Now you've got playoff expansion coming down the line. That could change things, I suppose, but I just, I don't see three in a row and the failure to win the big games, which was Harbaugh's knock for the longest time. I don't see him getting through that. I, I disagree. I, of course you disagree. I think, of course, I think Notre if Dame, you agreed with me, we would have no reason for this podcast, which we have, which, I think, uh, we have six and a half minutes on because I refuse to upgrade to zoom pro. So that's the budget that's that this podcast is working with. You know what? We're not surprised. Um, I don't see Ryan day getting fired next year. It is a legit conversation that needs to get brought up though. If this streak continues, um, my biggest thing going into next year, obviously Ohio state's quarterback will be a huge question mark. Their offense is still going to be loaded. Agree. The defense, the defense will be okay. Um, that was the biggest thing for them that separated them from being an elite team this year. And it's not because I don't think they had the skill. I, I don't understand what their defense, like going in against Michigan and then Georgia, which I know have great offenses, but you're giving up 40 plus points consistently when you now. consistently now in big plays. I mean, it's not even 40 points, but they're long lengthy drives. I mean, the Georgia, there were three or four big plays that got them to scoring position. The, the same thing with Michigan. There were the, the five plays. The AD Mitchell touchdown looked almost ident- not identical as in, you know, the exact route, but the AD Mitchell touchdown was immediate shades of Cornelius Johnson immediately yep. just stumble How? way out of position, little head fake and boom, you're free. 
how Lathan Ransom is starting is a starter is just mind boggling to me. Lathan Ransom Um, is the greatest liability in the secondary since Ryan Gosling and remember the Titans. Oh my gosh. It's so true that it hurts. So I don't know. I do think next year he's fine. If two or three more years go by and it's consistently on this downward spiral of you're not only losing these games, you're getting blown out in them. Um, then I'll be more concerned this year. I don't know. It's just tough to say. Cause I, I just was not impressed on the defensive side of the ball. I, there's just an edge with Ohio state's defense that has been lost the past couple yeah. of years. And I don't see that by and, the way, I don't see that improving over the summer. And, and if I'm a Buckeye, that's a concern for me. Oh, for sure. I mean, you got, you had guys that I think had that toughness, but they, they weren't leaders. Like Tommy Eichenberg is a dude. I mean, that guy's a yeah, ball. Agree. Zach Steel Chambers, solid. Zach Harrison, perfectly fine. Like you have guys through uh, JT to Amulawau. Like you have players, but for some reason, our secondary has just been unbelievably bad. In and uh, so, go ahead, finish that thought real quick. I, yeah, I was just going to say, and that's the thing that concerns me because they're returning a lot of guys next year. So it'll be, it'll be curious. I'll be curious to see that situation with a whole nother year to kind of go through another camp, getting more adjusted to their scheme, stuff like that. In, uh, in 30 seconds, because we have three minutes remaining in 30 seconds, tell me your national championship prediction. Uh, the heart says Georgia by 20. (laughs) Um, wow. My mind, my mind says CCU. So which is it? Is it TCU or Georgia by 20? Cause I don't know what uh, medication you're on for your fever or whatever, but those are wildly uh, different. It's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Georgia. Uh, you're wrong. Stop. You're wrong. I want you to be right. All glory to the hypno toad. 38, 34. I hope you're right. Um, I saw a t-shirt that I may have to buy just out of darn respect uh, that it said uh, Max Duggan. He got that frog in him. And I just, I love that. Absolutely. I love that so much. Max Duggan is a baller. Yeah. I got 38, 34 TCU. I think, I think TCU is here for it. Uh, they are not here to play school as they say. And I can't wait to watch the game with you from our respective homes and not from SoFi stadium. Like we thought was going to happen. It's going to be a good time. Uh, JP, thanks for, for jumping in here and uh, feel better soon. Stay away until you're not contagious anymore. hundred percent. By the way, you can give your national championship prediction on Twitter at rival pod on Instagram at one Oh four nine, the river might hook you up with an Amazon gift card. If you have a semi decent prediction, by the way, you have to make one prediction. You can't say, well, it might be TCU or it might be Georgia by a thousand. You kind of have to pick. You kind of have to make a decision on that. Uh, Thanks so much. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow at RivalPod on Twitter. Enjoy the national championship. The Rivalry is a production of River Radio Ministries. Want live updates from the show? Follow us on Twitter at RivalPod for live tweets, score predictions, contests, and more. And make sure to follow us wherever you're listening now for new episodes every Wednesday. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend so they can listen too.